Jim Davis Show on Colorado Sports Leader, the team. Welcome in, 9 o'clock. Jim along with Cake on this Friday. It's doorstep of the weekend. Your thoughts on what's going on with Sean Payton? Now, there's the story that Sean Payton didn't like the interaction he had with one of the Broncos' members of the ownership group. And in reading between some things, the feeling was it was Greg Penner. But then Sean Payton quickly comes out and goes, no, I didn't. I liked everybody. I got everything was great. It was great. It was great. It was fantastic. We all we got had along lunch. Well. We talked afterwards. We all became Facebook friends. Right. We're following each other on Instagram. We exchanged numbers. Twitter. It was great. Great. It was fantastic. It was a it was a big love fest. But you keep hearing about D'Amico Ryan's and that name. The Niners defensive coordinator keeps coming up a lot. Broncos interviewed him last Thursday out in the Bay Area when Niners faced the Cowboys. Denver can't talk to him until Monday. Can't have a second interview with him. To our knowledge, they've not had a second interview yet with Sean Payton. So where's this all going? I I don't know. No idea. Now that George brought up a valid, you know, a valid point about why do the Broncos want to negotiate against themselves? And there's there's now three other teams, Arizona and Indianapolis and Houston, that are in the hunt now that Frank Reich has been hired by by Carolina to bid for the services of Sean Payton. Are the Broncos that into Sean Payton? Or is this a case of just sitting back, seeing what the other guys do? They're going to... Try to bid against each other to get Sean Payton. Right. If you got some thoughts on that today, text or call us 970-242-1340. Also, the, the stupid, ridiculous idea. Hey, let's play the NFC Championship game on a Sunday and then the AFC Championship game on a Monday. What a horrible, terrible... It's awful. Dreadful idea. It's as, as bad, if not worse, the neutral site AFC-NFC Championship games. At least in my opinion. but It's like someone the, the, suggesting that I navigate them somewhere. Like, okay. Oh, dear Lord, no. Y- right? No, you should never be put in charge of putting, telling anybody where to go. Navigation skills. It's your name Garmin and Magellan. And to give a little backstory, the time you got lost it's from my good. house, from my, from, no, from your house. It, from, came, it was told at my house at at a gathering. It was the story was told at your house. What but, happened was, is I was coming home from a uh, gig doing PA for Mesa Lacrosse. Now keep in mind, this is over off Orchard. This is Orchard and Twelfth, and then my, Orchard and my house is downtown GJ, so about a mile away. And I got there, and then there was like a block party that my neighbors were having. So I couldn't park anywhere, so I was like, all right, I'll wait this out. I went to go get ice cream, and then I was like, I'm going to drive around for a little bit, and I ended up in Fruta and lost. <laughs> How do you get there from where I you live don't to Fruta? Know. I don't know. How does that know. happen? I don't know. How do you go to the Sonic at Rimrock and go end up getting to Fruta? 
Unless you're intentionally going to Fruta. I, I'm i still. The story still to this day. I know it doesn't make sense. How did, I realize. I don't know how. I, reali- I just don't. I know. And I've got CMU cycling coach Brian Flaherty in here. Assistant athletic director at Mesa, Reese Kagans. They're, 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 they have this look on their face like, this guy did what? How, how, how did this happen? I have a propensity this- to get lost. It's why the Google Maps <laughs> app is like my number one use. Weren't you, weren't you using something that, I mean. That, no, that, that was not- the worst part is you're, I had too much like pride. I'm like, no, I'm going to get myself out of this uh, one. Uh, I'm going to find my way out. And then after driving through random neighborhoods in the Redlands, and then seeing the they sign that probably casing their houses to to rob see, them or something. Seeing the sign that said "Welcome uh, to Fruta," I said, "I'm pulling over." Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you made it in here today. That was the most important. Thing. You and me both. All right. Joining us in the studio right now, as I mentioned, uh, Brian Flaherty, Colorado Mesa cycling coach, uh, assistant athletic director Reese Kiggins. Guys, thanks for for joining us this morning. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So. Um, we have the, the cycling dinner coming up. I mean, before we talk about some of the other things going on with CMU Cycling, February 10th, the Meyer Ballroom uh, over at the, the University Center, and uh, doors open at 5.30, starts at 6.30. And, Brian, I want you to talk about the special guests that uh, you guys are going to have that is going to be speaking at this. We're, we're going to have a three-time Olympian, two-time world champion, first American to win Olympic BMX gold in Rio de Janeiro. Uh, we're, we're talking about Connor Fields is going to be at this event. I think that's just incredible to get that caliber of athlete, an Olympic champion BMX rider, to come to Grand Junction and speak to the folks. Yeah, um, thanks again for having us this morning. Um, We're really excited. Um, It's not every day that you get an opportunity to uh, meet an Olympian, not to mention a a gold medalist Olympian. Um, It's our 25th year anniversary dinner as a a cycling program at Mesa, so that's a pretty big uh, accolade in the world of collegiate sports, especially cycling. Um, so we kind of wanted to do something special. Um, Connor's a great mentor. A lot of the kids on the team are familiar with him already. Um, he's a graduate of UNLV, so he was also a student athlete through his time uh, with his Olympic schedule. Um, so I think we have a, a really great speaker. He's got an incredible story to tell. Um, he won gold uh, in the uh, Rio Olympic cycle. Um, fast forward to the next Olympic cycle in Tokyo, um, and he had a career-ending accident. Um, had to learn how to speak again, how to walk again, um, and essentially that that accident put him into retirement, and he was slated to uh, go back to back and be a two-time gold Olympian at that time. So um, his story, just from an athletic perspective, and uh, something we're going to have him talk to our athletes about is trying to understand where you're at in the sport, which I think is really important for our age group, and uh, I think it's going to be a good night. You know, one of the worst crashes in Olympic history in, in BMX, and broken ribs, collapsed lung, uh, you know, bicep uh, ligament injuries, brain swelling, uh, four, four life-threatening brain hemorrhages. I mean, it's just the, the story is a remarkable one of his perseverance to, to like you said, Brian, to, to relearn how to, 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 to walk and or more or less just to, to be able to speak and relearn vocabulary, more the head injury than the other things, but just uh, to be able to... to function at a normal level once again and to be able to you know get there and and uh be able to re- be able to have a normal life once again i think is a, an incredible story about what he's been able to accomplish uh 17 years old connor fields the youngest rider to ever win uh, a bmx world cup so he has he has a lot of impressive things about 
his resume as a cyclist, but also just the, the life story as well is incredible. Uh, you mentioned 25 years. I mean, it started at club sport at, at CMU, now varsity sport. Just the, the national championships, it seems like every time we talk about CMU cycling here in the Valley, it's another national championship in road cycling or mountain biking or BMX. It's just a, it's an incredible program uh, that you have over at CMU. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, it started um, with a group of locals, maybe four or five. Uh, most of them are still in the Valley. Um, and I have, uh, I have engagement with them. We're friends. Um, hope to see some of them at the dinner even. Um, and it's kind of taken shape into different variations throughout the years. And uh, in the academic year of 2019 and 2020, um, my partner, my other coach, and I had been working with the team consist- consistently for about seven years, I'd say. And that's when I think we started to kind of come into stride. We had four or five years of consistent recruiting. The team was kind of moving in the right direction and um, all the stars aligned. And that's when we were named uh, the best ranked uh, collegiate cycling team in the United States. And that was in the academic year of 2019 and 2020. Um, That season was cut a little bit short because of COVID obviously. Um, But then we went on in 2020 and 2021 to double down. And we were again named the best um, collegiate cycling program in the States. And we're about two thirds of our way through our uh, 22, 23 season right now. And um, we're kind of following that trend. So we're really on a multi-year winning streak um, just across the board right now. And it's really exciting to be part of. Um, It's, you know, every part of the team is just clicking and working. And um, it's just, it's a good, it's a good environment to be part of. Brian Flaherty is the head of the Cutter Mesa cycling program joining us today. I mean, what last championship was the uh, cyclocross national championship back in December. So that was uh, an incredible accomplishment. Uh, you know, at that point, three of uh, the five national championships, USA Cycling, the Omnium National Championships, uh, CMU Cycling, nailing those down. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard to go as far away as Connecticut and expect everyone to perform like you're at home in Colorado. <laughs> so just getting everyone there safe with the winter and the equipment and, and healthy is, is, a, is a hurdle in itself. Um, there were three events offered there, a, a men and women's race, uh, both of which CMU won. And then there is a co-ed team relay, um, which we also won. So we kind of swept uh, the whole weekend of racing. Um, we had a true freshman uh, take the men's race and we had our sophomore Madigan Monroe take the women's race. So um, it was just kind of a nice, uh, nice way to end and go into holiday break and uh, kind of bringing the team back up online right now for the new semester racing. And the BMX team will compete next uh, in Bakersfield, California for collegiate BMX nationals. And then our road team will head to Albuquerque in early May to uh, finish off the year. Locally, we have the BMX track out at, uh, at the Mesa County Fairgrounds. Uh, and BMX has kind of grown. Nick Adams, who used to be the, the athletic director at Mesa years ago, has been uh, heavily involved in that. Uh, how much does that play a, a role in what you guys do in terms of recruiting, things like that? With, with BMX having a track here and, and, having, and having it grow in popularity from a, a non-collegiate standpoint? Um, it, it's, it's extremely helpful. Um, Nick is a, a supporter of the team, um, and he, uh, he definitely helps us uh, create a practice schedule at Grand Valley BMX. Um, without that component, I think it would be really hard to, to offer that discipline here locally. Um, we've kind of piggybacked on top of that our, uh, our open to the public pump track on campus uh, that was built. So, Which is really, really cool. Yeah, it's, it's full every night um, with, you know, adults, kids, you name it. Um, so we kind of bounce back and forth between the two venues for different types of practice. Um, but 
Yeah, without the proximity of the track to campus and, uh, you know, kind of our annual weather, that also helps a ton. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we can kind of ride outdoors safely 10 months out of the year and on a good week, on a good year, all 12 months. Um, so that's just a huge, a huge benefit for our team and the community to have the track available. Brian Flaherty, head coach of the Cutter Mesa uh, cycling team joining us today. They have uh, their event coming up on February 10th. Grand Depart? Correct. Okay, very good. I didn't, I'm, I have some French in my background, but I don't, I'm assuming that is a French word. I don't speak French. Uh, I took a year of it in high school and I don't remember a single word of it, guys, <laughs> other than, or, you know, or see or whatever. Uh, see, I, I don't even remember that. I can't remember a single word of French. It's terrible. It's an, it's awful that I don't remember any of the language, but it's the Grand Depart Dinner, February 10th at the Meyer Ballroom over at the University Center. Uh, 5.30 doors open, and it starts at, at 6.30. What are some of the other things going on, Brian, that we want to let people know about in regard to the, the dinner coming up, the fifth annual Grand Depart Dinner? Yeah, so, um, you know, we'll ha- probably have like an hour, uh, an open social hour. Um, Trail Life Brewery downtown in Grand Junction uh, has donated uh, some beer for the event. Some of the Palisade wineries have donated wine. Um, all that's included in the in the purchase of the ticket or the table. Um, then we'll kind of move the evening into uh, getting everyone settled down. Um, there'll be uh, a pasta dish available and some other items. And then uh, Patrick and I will have a brief uh, introduction of the team, uh, try and catch everyone up uh, from 2019 to present day because we had to put the dinner on pause for a few years. Um, you know, talk about different different sides of the team, different aspects of the team, um, and just kind of let everyone know where we're at as a program. Um, most most people in attendance probably understand what's going on, but for those that don't, we can catch them up. Uh, and then after that, we'll move on to Connor's presentation. Um, he'll speak for about 30 or 40 minutes, and then he'll have a question and answer session. Um, he'll also be there during the social hour to shake hands, meet and greet if you want a photo. And uh, we'll have some merchandise to sell, and we'll have some silent auction items as well. How many cyclists total? involved in the program through all the different disciplines um so our total roster right now is sitting at 60 and uh we have equal gender representation so we have uh, 30 men and 30 women and both uh, both genders have had tremendous success in uh, cycling all the different disciplines we've been talking about yeah um our women's team is is just as just as good as our men's team um, you know they train together um uh, but they 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 race separately obviously um but yeah it's um like I said earlier, it's just uh, been a real special couple of years uh, to be with that team, and I hope we can kind of continue the the winning streak for a few more years. And get your tickets, by the way, supporting cmu.org forward slash events uh, or contacting the cycling office, and that's 970-248-1012. Uh, Brian Flaherty with the CMU Cycling team with us. How long have you been involved, Brian? What's uh, How did you get involved with CMU Cycling? Um This will be my 10th year with the team, actually, and Patrick uh, is a graduate of Mesa, so he's on his 11th year coaching, but he's been in the Valley a few few more years than that. Um, at the time I had relocated here, uh, Scott Mercier was was kind of helping run the team at the time. Scott's been on our show a few times. Yeah. Patrick has as well, but so has Scott over the years. And so uh, he and I were pretty good friends. And, and at the time, um, Patrick was finishing up his senior year as an athlete, and he was tasked to also be like a, a coach at the same time. So Scott kind of brought me on board and said, Hey, these guys can use a hand. Um, why don't you come to Utah with me? And, you know, we'll kind of just do the coaching thing instead of the athlete thing. Um, and I said, sure, sounds like a great time. So, uh, off to Ogden, Utah, we went, I don't remember what year it was. I think, uh, 2013, maybe something like that. And Scott and I kind of ran the team together 
um, and we let Patrick finish off his senior year as an athlete instead of a coach. And then one thing led to another, and 10 years down the line, here we are, more than a full-time job with 60 athletes. <laughs> and, and 25 years as a program, which is which is so remarkable. Yeah, uh, it's it's great. I, uh, there's there's a few other programs in the country that, that could probably trump that number, but off the top of my head, I think it's maybe two. So, um, how many can uh, match the success? Ooh, it's getting hard. <laughs> that's, a, that's an incredible, that's an awesome thing, right? They, yeah, they can't match what uh, what the Maverick Cycling Team has been able to do. Yeah, I mean, um, after Cyclocross Nationals, the team has seventy three individual national titles uh, into the name through the yeah. years. So that's that's a lot of national champions and stars and stripes jerseys floating around. Absolutely, got to love that. Yeah, we totally. do. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Brian, it's been a real pleasure talking with you today. Reese, thanks for coming in as well. And uh, tickets, by the way, are $40. And it's coming up Friday, February 10th over at uh, the Meyer Ballroom at the University Center uh, to, to benefit CMU uh, Cycling. Supporting CMU.org forward slash events. And make sure you get over there and check out what's going to be, I think, an, an incredible night with uh, Connor Fields, the three-time Olympic and two-time world champion BMXer. He's got an incredible story uh, that not just what he's done, obviously, on the track, but also... Uh, uh, recovering from a, a, a horrible, horrible crash. Should be a, a really great night, February 10th, over at CMU. Brian, Reese, appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Now, do you guys have, right now, do you have, are there cyclists over in France right now? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, we do have a few athletes that are at Cyclocross World Championships okay. right now. Um, and then Belgium a while back, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we it's it's a tricky act to juggle, but um, on any given moment, we can have a half dozen athletes in Europe and uh, try and get them back onto campus and back as a student athlete as quickly as possible. That's incredible. And, look, if you, you want to learn more about the cycling program, of course, you can go to the website. But but uh, spend the 40 bucks and, and spend a night with the CMU cycling team February 10th. Uh, once again, supporting CMU, uh, go to the website to uh, get your tickets for that. Guys, appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. Real, real quick, though, uh, we got a text in from Rolando that says, tell Reese that Rolando says hello. So, they, Reese, that's for you. Uh, Rolando says hello, Reese. Reese doesn't have headphones on at the moment. <laughs> tell Rolando I said hi, too, by the way. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Okay, very good. Guys, appreciate, appreciate the time this morning. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show <laughs> on the Team Sports Network online at theteam1340.com. Touchdown every morning. Woo! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today on the Patchy Friday. Thanks for joining us on the program. Text or call the show, 970-242-1340. Appreciate uh, Brian Flirty, Reese Keegan's coming in today to, to talk about uh, the event coming up February 10th, by the way, over at the CMU Ballroom uh, to benefit CMU Cycling. All right. Uh, with us right now, make his picks on this Friday, his eminence, the Pope. Good morning, Petey. How are you? What it is, fellows, it's a nice Friday. How y'all doing? Doing fine, doing well today. So before we get into this, were you and the, the, the missus went to that Brazilian place? Which, okay, what was the name of that place? Do you it, remember it's it? Called, it's called Fojo de Chao. And you really liked it? 
Oh my goodness, man! I'll have to send you pictures where they come to the table. You, you, you and did they send me one picture of it. Yeah. Steak, yeah, they slice the steak and the lamb and the chicken covered with bacon and all that good stuff. It's yeah, so we're going to Denver this weekend. So I think we're going to go give that a shot. At least that's yep. the, that's the the feeling that, that I have. That we're going to go try to do that. Okay, very good. I'm glad to, glad to know which and, one. And, and if you do, if you do, Jim, it is worth like ten brownie points. Okay, <laughs> I like that. I like. I, I, I always need more brownie points. There Trust you go. Me. There you go. I always need that. All right. So what's uh, what what's the standings look like here? All right. So everyone except Rio went three and one. Buckeye boy went four and zero oh, because he was the oh only one to pick goodness. the Bengals. He stinks. He does stink. So, Mr. St. <laughs> Martin's, Mr. On Vacation guy. <laughs> so, so he has jumped back into a two-game lead uh, in first place. Jim is second, two games back. Uh, Petey, you are five games back of Jim and seven back of the lead, and then there's me. So there you go. All right. Okay. It, so, we did good. We just, you know, he just did a little bit better. It's all. So we're getting down to the nitty gritty here. If I'm we gonna, are. If I'm going to catch him. Only only three games left. Yep. Only well, three. And and so when we get to the big game, we'll have some uh, some prop picks as well. Okay. So, well, good. So that right. we have so that we have okay. something so more to. So I'm giving you know, more of an opportunity to catch him. Great. I like that. Possibly. Yes. Okay. I like that. So All there right. we go. So here we go. It's time for our fearless football picks on this Friday. Oh, we need, I guess we need to gotta do this for him, even though he's not here. Even though he's not. Hold on. What is best in life? Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of the women. That is good. That is good. All right. You okay? You have something you want to share there, Pity, or just you're muttering under your breath? He's just a terrible winner, man. He is. He's a terrible winner. <laughs> He's a gracious loser. He is an awful winner. <laughs> He's an awful winner. I did see some pictures of him in St. Martin's. He looks like he's having a really good time. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Is that where he's at? Down, the, yeah, it's, down, it's, down in the islands, huh? Yeah, it's a honeymoon slash 40th birthday retreat. Trip. Oh, man, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Oh, Rio, way to go. Yeah, no kidding. And hopefully Karen's having a good time. I don't know. She she looked like she was doing a lot of Rio sitting. That's that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> Rio sitting. That's what it looked like to me. For her own a lot, lot of babysitting. Buckeye boy babysitting on the part of... Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Buckeye Maybe boy. Her own husband. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome. All righty. All right, it's going to be quick today. There's only there's only two games. <laughs> only two games. That's it. And you can hear both of them right here on the Team Sports Network. Coverage starts at 12:30. We start with the one o'clock. Actually, noon on Sunday. I'm sorry, noon on Sunday. Thank you. No problem. Uh, we start, though, with the game that will kick off at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Buckeye Boy preemptively selected the 49ers to win this game. I am going with Fly Eagles Fly to win the NFC Championship game this year. Petey, what say you? Oh, man. I want to go with the Niners' defense. I really do. But I'm thinking a rookie in the NFC Championship game uh, with the Eagles having a good home record. I'm going to go with the Eagles. It's tough because I've been so, so invested 
and the San Francisco 49ers. And Brock Purdy. Yeah. But but I need I need to I need to gain some ground here. I like the Niners. I still hope the Niners I hope the Niners win the game. Cause I like Brock Purdy. I like San Francisco. I'm gonna go with the Eagles because I, I need I gotta make a move here. He needs the points. And then the nightcap. Patrick Mahomes v. Joe Burrow 2.0. I'm taking the Chiefs. Rio is taking the Bengals. Katie, who are you taking? So guess what? This is this is the Aaron Rodgers against the Chicago Bears. The Bengals own the Chiefs. They, what, the last three games in a the row, they have owned the Chiefs. I am reluctantly against my own better judgment going with the Bengals because I'm trying to be in it to win it. See, in that same regard, as much as I think the Bengals are going to win it, Mahomes' ankle is better. I've got to gain some ground here. His Buckeyes going Bengals, right? He's going Bengals. I got to, I got to go with Mahomes and the Chiefs. All right, all, all right. right. I hope you're right. So, I hope I am too. So here's our uh, our Super Bowl matchups. Then we have Jim taking Chiefs and Eagles, Rio taking 49ers Bengals, Petey taking Bengals Eagles, and myself with uh, Jim here taking Chiefs and Eagles. That is our official Super Bowl prediction. 2023. Let it be written. Let it be so. Let it be so. All right. right. Okay, Petey. We'll have a great weekend. Enjoy the games on Sunday. All right, guys. Have a great one and enjoy yourself over there in Denver. Have a good time, man. Yeah, looking forward to it. You're going to go see the Avs tomorrow and hopefully uh, take in some Brazilian barbecue or whatever. That should be really good. There you go. All right. It's a nice steakhouse. Have a good one. All right. I will. I appreciate it. Thanks, Petey. All right. right. He disappears in a puff of smoke. His eminence. The Pope with us on the program this morning. All right, nine twenty-nine. Uh, did we get a winner yet? By the way, oh, we did. Yes. Okay, so let me. I got to do this first, and I got to do that. I got to move this up here, and then we got to do. There we go. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest—it's another winner on the Team Sports Network. So, Mark gets the beer today for correctly identifying the city in which this arena is located anchorage alaska from the university of alaska anchorage the alaska airlines center in anchorage alaska of course in anchorage alaska and, and and it's a d2 arena but the the pictures from the outside it looks like a mighty cool facility and i believe that's where uh taylor wagner played basketball during his college career. I did not up know Anchorage, that. Anchorage, I believe he played up there. Yeah. I did not know that. You learn something new every day. Yeah, he mentioned that on our show here. Well, he's, he's mentioned it a couple of different times over the years. So, anyway. I was going to say, for the number of times he's been on the show. <laughs> Which has been quite a few. Once a week. So, our winner today again was, I'm sorry, who? Mark. Congratulations, Mark. Job well done today. And maybe Mark can tell us if uh, he notices a difference in the recipe that uh, right, the- Jackson pointed out. Yeah, Jackson Wilson saying that uh, New Belgians changed the the fat tire recipe. So we'll see if he knows, notices a difference if he gets a a fresh. I don't because I don't know. He, Jackson didn't say when they changed it. Was it a while ago? Was it this is a recent change? <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm assuming a fairly recent change. All right. So it's uh, time right now 
to take a trip back for those important moments in sports history. That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. All right, 1939, Tris Speaker and Cy Young elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. 1969, Pittsburgh Steelers named Chuck Knoll as their head coach. All he would do is go on to win four Super Bowls. Oh, no, no biggie. He was 37 when they hired him. He was the youngest head coach in the league at that time. Uh, 1970, Pittsburgh Steelers select quarterback Terry Bradshaw for the first pick of the 1970 draft. Also on this day, 1973, UCLA led by Bill Walton. Sets the NCAA record for consecutive victories with the 61st victory. 1991, New York Giants survive closest Super Bowl ever when Scott Norwood's field goal attempt goes wide right. The Jets flying over the stadium. You had Whitney Houston singing the national oh, anthem. Yes. It was an incredible moment. 2007, Serena Williams wins her third Australian Open singles title. 2008, Novak Djokovic wins his first Grand Slam title at the Australian Open. And uh, that's it for this day in sports history. We'll take a break. We'll come back. 9.32, still time to text in today. What about this idea of one championship game in the NFL being played on Sunday, the other on a Monday? Do you hate it as much as I do? Because I think it's just a terrible idea. Your thoughts on that today. Also, lives in the Broncos coaching situation. Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's Sports Leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The Team. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Let's get to the uh, text line. See what we have shaken on the text line this morning, 970-242-1340. Let's see. Larry from Clifton. I've heard in other shows that Ryan's been molded a lot by Shanahan since he's been with San Francisco, something we, we mentioned as well in our program, being around Kyle Shanahan. Uh, Dylan, hard no on conference championship Sunday, Monday. Super Bowl Sunday should still be on Sunday. Just move the start date up. 49ers and Bengals win. Avs played soft last night. Hardly any checking game. Have to pick up two points tomorrow, which we'll have here on the team. Avs in St. Louis at 1230. Steve, I'd prefer Saturday Super Bowl. I've never had President's Day off in my 40 years of being in the workforce. So, see for somebody like Steve. That's uh, uh, having on President's Day doesn't help him out. That might be something to tell your boss, though, Steve. Maybe, maybe be like, "Hey, can we?" Uh, President's Day, can I? Maybe. From Mike and Scottsdale, Happy Apache Friday, the final nail in the coffin for the 2023 Buffs NCAA tournament hopes. Beat the Ducks by 27 in Boulder, lose by six in Eugene, most underachieving team in CU history. It's like they're the Chargers or something. Ouch! Ow. Ouch, Mike. First of all, Mister. Mr. Mike and Scottsdale, ye of little faith. There's still some time, you know. They It's not looking good, though. I agree with Mike. It's not looking good. I, I think d- it's probably. I didn't say it was looking good. I just said there's still probably, time. It's probably done. So you got. Five, six, they're they're going to have to. The other they position, got, they're going to have to win the Pac 12. 
tournament to get in. You got nine games left in the regular season. You got the Pac-12 tournament. Yeah, you'll probably have to win the Pac-12 tournament, and you know that might be hard to do. That might be a little yeah. tricky, but it's it's you know it's the the age old cliche. So you're telling me there's a chance? Not a great one. Not a not great. But but there's a chance. Uh, let's see. RJ and Delta, 102.1 FM. Jim looks like Sean Payton of the Broncos or any other team this year is fizzling out. Dan Quinn once again pulls himself out of head coaching possibilities. I still believe the Broncos need to go with head coaching experience. D'Amico Ryans doesn't have that where Shaw has a college experience. I still believe in David Shaw. On the subject of Dan Quinn, and I want to get your thoughts on this. Okay. Is Dan Quinn t- rejecting head coaching positions because he still gets a little... T- little traumatized about how the Super Bowl ended in Atlanta I I don't know I, I think that Dan Quinn probably feels like I've been a head coach in this league I took a team to a Super Bowl why aren't people hiring me why am I not getting the hey Dan love the interview you're a guy right and I think he's probably like with the Broncos frustrated it's been back-to-back years where he's been you know offered or he's been, you know, I shouldn't say offered, but he's been a finalist for the job and hasn't had it offered to him. And I think that's been extremely frustrating for him. And so he's like, well, look, if nobody wants me, let's go back to the Cowboys. I think after a while you feel like that, you know, you've, if you've been rejected enough, you go back, okay, I'm just going to go do what I do. He's a heck of a defensive coordinator. Maybe even though Dan Quinn's taking a team to a Super Bowl and Wade Phillips didn't as a head coach, that maybe Dan Quinn's kind of starting to feel like that. maybe that's what I am. I, I'm a defensive coordinator, and I'm just going to stay in my lane. Nobody wants me. Fine. Maybe maybe some point somebody will want him as a head coach. They should. And he just feels like, look, you, if there's not the interest in me, then fine. I'll just. I'll keep uh, working in Dallas. I'll go do what I'm doing. Uh, Dalton, I think with this trade, Avs make another deep playoff run. Uh, we've been running three lines essentially as of late, and yes, it's been working, but now we can run four lines and give these studs a break for a run. And particularly on the defensive side, Kale McCarr. Yeah. Been logging a lot of minutes. And that was something I think that Bednar said in his post game the other day was that they had guys out there in the second period that didn't get off the ice, that were tired, it was kind of late, they were you know, on there for an extended period. And you you get the sense then that if they can add more depth with the Nieto move and the, some of the moves that they've been making, and who knows, maybe they'll make more before the trade deadline comes. We'll see. But I agree. It's, it's, it's presenting itself that maybe they can go from playing just three lines to four. Yeah. All right. Cutler and Mesa basketball. For the first time since, like, what, early part of January that they're actually playing at Brownson this weekend? It's been a heck of a road trip for the Maverick basketball teams, both taking a loss at Westminster on Tuesday. Back at home tomorrow night when they take on Western Colorado University, the Maverick women. Uh, they take on, uh, the, of course, they lost to the Griffins 63-53 to slip to 7-12 and overall. They're 6-7 and in the conference right now, and they host their longtime rivals Western tomorrow night. The Mountaineers... They're going through a, a rough year. Four and fourteen. They're three and ten in conference play after losing a Westminster fifty-seven forty-seven last night. 
Mavs coach Taylor Wagner says they have to slow down the scoring of Emory Wagstaff tomorrow night. You know, her last game, she has a career high against Mines with 30 points. She's a special player because she can shoot threes, she can get to the rim, she's got a nice little pull-up. She really can do everything on the floor, she handles the ball well. That's someone that we've got to really be aware of. And Wagstaff scored 15 points in last night's loss of Westminster. The team CMU Sports Network will have tomorrow night's game with pregame at 515. It's brought to you by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. And then the 16th-ranked Colorado men, they're hoping that home cooking starts a new winning streak and they host Western tomorrow night. The Mavericks' 10-game winning streak came to an end Tuesday when they lost to Westminster 70-63. to They host a Mountaineers team that lost to Westminster 80-68 to last night. Western's going through a down season at 3-14 and overall. They're 1-12 and in the RMAC. CMU coach Mike DeGeorge says an upset over his team could make their season. They've been playing with tremendous energy and toughness, and they, you know, nothing means more to them than than beating us. And this is the kind of year they're having that if they were able to get us, it would be kind of the calling card for their season. Mavs enter the game fourth in the conference at ten and three with an overall record of fifteen and four. Men's tip off at seven thirty tomorrow night, right here on the Team Sports Network. You had Colorado Mesa wrestling last night over at Brownson. And the 12th-ranked CMU men's wrestling team came up with a big home duel victory in defeating 8th-ranked Adams State 30-20 to at Brownson. 9th-ranked 133-pound Colin Metzger and 6th-ranked 157-pound Ryan Wheeler both picked up wins for the Mavs. Former Grand Junction Tiger wrestlers Kiernan Thompson and Josiah Ryder won their matches for Adams State. CMU host New Mexico Highlands tonight at Brownson at 6 o'clock. And on the program this week, uh, we had Miles Kochaver with us, Maverick football coach. And don't forget to join us for... Uh, our event coming up on Wednesday at the Blue Moon, 5 to 6 o'clock. It's our Colorado Mesa signing day. We'll have some of the local players signing with the Mavericks. So Miles Cochaver will be there. Defensive coordinator Trent Matthews. Offensive coordinator Tom Thanell will be there. So uh, make sure you join us. And they're going to have all kinds of food and drink specials. So Maverick fans, join us this Wednesday. We'll be broadcasting from 5 to 6 at the Blue Moon downtown. But uh, the big story this week, Karst Hunter, Maverick quarterback, making the decision to transfer, announcing that uh, on Twitter. And uh, we had the chance to talk with uh, Miles Kochaver about Karst Hunter's decision to leave the program. Get in the huddle with Colorado Mesa football coach Miles Kochaver on the team. With us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast team phone line, Miles Kochaver, coach of the Maverick football team. Good morning, Miles. Hey, morning, fellas. How are you guys? Doing well, doing well. Uh, I appreciate you hopping on with us this morning. Uh, Cars Tunner with the, the tweet, the picture of him in his Maverick uniform, walking away on the sidelines at Stoker saying, CM, or CMU, thank you. We have to interpret that as that he plans on leaving. I guess, if you can, shed some light on on the situation for your quarterback, whether he's still your current quarterback or he's now your former quarterback. Well, you know, this whole thing, Jim, as you go through it, and and, and Cars was in a, in a special situation because he's done a great job and been able to come up and, and, and set himself up for graduation this coming May. So, you know, through this break and since the season ended, me and him have had a lot of conversations about what that means. And, you know, I think his value on the program and what we're trying to do here, uh, he understood that and he understands that, you know, the guys that are going to be here and are committed all the way have to be able to take the reps here through this, um, this spring to make us continue to move in the right direction. You know, so as we go through this, you know, Cars has had a, a tough decision, and, and with his graduation and everything that's going on, you know, he's looking to try to get a little bit closer to home and, and kind of see what happens. So, 
you know, we've still got a couple things uh, to work out. But as of right now, you know, he's going to probably explore a little bit and, and see where that takes him, Jim. And certainly, I mean, with with what he wrote, I, I think it's, you know, he, he appreciates what's been the opportunity to play for Colorado Mesa after he was at South Dakota State, actually played in the FCS championship game on, on special teams, wide receiver before coming here when uh, your predecessor, Tremaine Jackson, was the head coach. And I guess, was it going to be a case where, because of what you saw from Gavin Herberg the last two games, that there was, you know, like you said, there's guys that are going to be playing for you going forward are going to get that time, get that work, and that you saw, well, you, were, you impressed you and Tom Thanel with Gavin Herberg, that there was going to be that that real competition for the quarterback spot. And and I guess just kind of take us through that, because I'm, I'm assuming Gavin Herberg's play probably had some kind of factor into this whole thing. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think it was more of those uh, uh, for Karst where, you know, he wants to be and, and be around his family and, and some of the things that are important to him and, you know, as he finishes out his collegiate career. So, you know, and he's a unique athlete and he's got that um, rare ability that it's not just quarterback. He can go and play another position and, um, you know, so he knows that, and he had the opportunity to come and continue to play quarterback, and that's what he wanted to do here at Mesa, and he was able to accomplish that. Um, and then last year with both guys being able to win two games as a starting quarterback, and the competition was going to be, you know, 100% open through the spring, and the guy that was able to come out and lead the team was ultimately going to be the guy. And, you know, we're also got a few exciting things going on here right now, and We've got a really strong quarterback room. You know, you got another guy in um, Kiai that was also able to come in and get some game time experience last year. A guy that's got very, very smart football IQ and a guy that can lead and, you know, he, he understands how to play the position as well. And then you got, you got a young guy in Brock Bider and, um, you know, I really can't say yet, but we got another one that's going to be here and, and competing this spring as we go through this thing. So, you know, that's that's an important position for us to be able to go out and make sure that we establish that through the spring and come out with a guy that's that's going to be leading us moving forward into the fall. So, you know, I think it was just one of those deals, Jim, and, and you know, we had a good conversation, and, you know, we, we love everything that Karts was able to do for the program, and, you know, he, he's, he's done a great job leading and getting his education and getting his degree and, and being able to put himself in this position. So, you know, uh, we're, we're happy with everything that's going on and excited about the future right now. Well, and like I was talking about with Gavin Herberg, a guy that, you know, from Pine Creek recruited, I believe by Russ Martin when, when he was still the coach and, and, you know, went through, you know, being here with Tremaine Jackson now with you last year and they, and you guys moved Gavin around a little bit last year, played some safety, played some receiver that when he, he got put back into the quarterback spot, well, the last two games, I mean, he delivered eight touchdown passes, two touchdown runs, big win at Chadron State on the road, uh, that, that wild shootout to wrap up the season at home against New Mexico Islands. I mean, Gavin Herberg put up some very impressive numbers in those final two starts of the season. Well, and, and Gavin, you know, really one word for him, he's just a, he's a competitor. And that's the kind of guy that you like to see back there that, is fearless and just you know he's he's not scared to let that thing rip and um so it was fun watching him compete those last uh couple games and be able to get after it like you said and he really tore it up and we're excited about where he's at and 
you know, Jim, this football thing's crazy as you go through it. You know, we actually had Gavin um, when I was at Northern Colorado and, and was a commit there before the coaching change over there. And, you know, this thing makes a full circle. So just to be able to watch him go out and compete and um, continue to elevate his game. So I'm excited to watch him and his progression throughout this spring and um, really have this opportunity to lead. Colorado Mesa football coach Miles Coachaver with us. Just a couple more things, Miles. Uh, just one more about uh, Sebastian Campbell, Sabo Campbell, the play at Palisade, receiver for your football team uh, this past season. That looks like he plans on leaving as well. Uh, I guess, can you shed any light on, on that situation? Oh, no, same thing with, with Sabo. You know, he had a decision to make and, and felt it was time that he kind of you know, widened his horizon and, and be able to get out of Grand Junction a little bit. That was kind of ultimately what he wanted to do was, you know, go and explore and see what's out there. So I'm wishing uh, Sabo nothing but the best as he continues on. And, you know, it's just it's it's crazy how this thing works, but at the same time it also gives some guys some different opportunities to explore some things that are out there. Absolutely. Well, coming up on Wednesday, it's signing day, and we're going to have our uh, signing day event we'll be broadcasting at the Blue Moon uh, downtown from uh, 5 until 6 o'clock coming up on Wednesday. I'll be down there uh, along with uh, Greg Wenzel. Of course, you'll be there, Tom Thanell, Trent Matthews as well, and, and hopefully some of the local players that you'll sign. I know this is – you can't tell us too much yet, but this is an exciting period because you're you're restocking the shelves over at, uh, at CMU with your football program with some of these uh, these players you'll be bringing in uh, when, you, when they put paper uh, – pen to paper coming up on Wednesday. Oh yeah, it's it's been exciting, man, and the, and the coaches and um, the staff have just done a great job of going out and finding, you know, our type of guys, guys that are going to go to work every single day, and you know, it's it's exciting looking at this class coming together. We've got a lot of guys that, you know, have already uh, obtained uh, associates degrees and things through high school, and you know, they're really driven on where they want to go and. You know, that was a kind of a goal as we went through and, and identified this class and really had a purpose-driven um, goal of trying to find our type of guys, and I think we've done a great job and just proud of the staff and the work that they've been able to put in, um, you know, throughout this last year to really put this thing together and excited to get these guys, uh, you know, make it all official and get them signed up and, and join us here and, and be part of the Maverick family. All right, that's Miles Coachaver, Maverick football coach on uh, Karst Hunter. And uh, don't forget to join us coming up Wednesday, February 1st. It's our Carbon Mesa signing show at the Blue Moon. Uh, I'll be there, Greg Wenzel, along with uh, Miles Coachaver and uh, Trent Matthews and Tom Thanell, the Mavericks coordinators. Five to six o'clock. Uh, we hope to have some of the local players that are signing with Carbon Mesa uh, there as well. But we'll talk about this year's signing class. And uh, Brad, the Blue Moon, is going to have a uh, Food and drink special should be a lot of fun, but we'll be broadcasting live 5 until 6 o'clock on Wednesday night. All right. Don't forget Maverick basketball tomorrow, 5.15 for the women, minute 7.30 when the Mavericks take on Western Colorado. Greg Winsel will have the call on those games tomorrow. All right. Time to hop in the dumpster. It's garbage time. We're taking out the trash. It's garbage time on the Jim Davis Show on the team. Oh, I and I want to thank Aaron. Thank you, Aaron, for the text that apparently Glenwood Canyon's closed both ways due to an accident right now. Great. So, checking the refresh, it, it seems like it's just the eastbound lane. Oh, it's just eastbound. Okay. But that doesn't help you because... That's where I'm going. So, <laughs> going east. 
Um, check uh, CoTrip.org. Yes, or the CoTrip app. There you go. So, um, we, t- we were talking about Fat Tire changing its recipe. So, this is a very recent development. This was All actually right. uh, announced. Now, they've been working on it for a couple of years, but they only, like, announced it, like, a couple of days ago. But the brewmaster says people will still be able to recognize the taste. It's a lighter beer, and it's more. It's made more environmentally sustainable. So that's the goal. All right. Very good. And it's a fun little beer tour if you go over Fort Collins. and I'll They have the check. slide. They give you samples, get you slightly tipsy, <laughs> and you go down the big slide at the end. It's a lot of fun. Love it. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, former Broncos coach, now the offensive coordinator in New York. So, will the Jets fall for the same trap that the Broncos did? It's a trap. It's a trap. And think they're going to get Aaron Rodgers? That's why they're hiring Hackett? That's kind of what it looks like. Uh, it's entirely possible. you have anything else today? Um, uh, we, I had the list in front of me. Uh, these are all the quarterbacks that were rookies that played in the NFC Championship or AFC Championship that lost. Pat Hayden... Dieter Brock, Sean King, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, and Mr. Buttfumble, Mark Sanchez. Well, hopefully for Brock Purdy, he'll be able to uh, break that trend. Maybe. All right. That's our show for today. And uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll have Avalanche Hockey, the Avs, hosting the St. Louis Blues, pregame at 1230 tomorrow with Connor McGahey, then uh, Maverick Basketball with Western tomorrow night at 515 on the team. And don't forget, both NFL championship games starts at noon this Sunday on the team sports network. I'll be back with you on Monday. Have a great weekend.